Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Don't make vows or promises that you can't keep. Be honest before God. And God is so gracious. He says, listen, it's better not to say anything than to say you're going to do something and not do it because before the Holy One, all our excuses sound really lame, don't they? Do you ever do that? Do you ever have an excuse on something and bring your excuse to the foot of the cross? You want to talk about feeling small. Bringing your rationale stuff, your excuses. I do that sometimes and I'm like, oh Lord, I am so sorry. Making vows or promises that we can't keep is a problem in human beings. But when we make these kinds of statements to the Lord and don't uphold them, we make an even bigger mistake. As Pastor Jim explains, it's not wise to make vows when it comes to the Lord. Then if we fail to hold up our promise, we won't have to make excuses for our failure. God instructs His people not to make promises that we can't keep. Now let's open our Bibles and join Pastor Jim for part three of his message entitled, Does How Much I Come to Church Matter? When we sing, do we mean what we sing? Or are we just mouthing the words? Now I realize that many of you don't sing. I think we should all ask ourselves why. There's an old expression, dead men don't sing. And so it's important to ask ourselves, are we spiritually alive? Is the reason that we don't sing because we're spiritually dead? But those that say, oh, no, not me, I sing, I sing, are we really thinking about what we're singing? I think if we thought about what we sang, we'd be singing a lot louder. Do we think about who we're singing to? I mean, he says right here, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. That should be so humbling to us that we're, that we're really just these little things compared to God. The Bible says that the earth is God's footstool. Just imagine that. Just imagine God standing on the earth like this. You know, got his foot up on the earth, lifts his foot up. Oh, look, Google, Exxon, Apple. Yeah, they say they're big companies. <laughs> God's like, they're specs. They're, they're under my foot. Theologians call this the, the creator-creature distinction. And it should remind us when we gather that we are on holy ground. 1 Samuel chapter 6, the people of Beth Shemesh mishandled the ark. They decided, God said, don't you just go up and take a look at it inside. And that was... The presence of God will be studying that in our studies in Chronicles on Wednesday nights. And, and they looked in and a whole bunch of them died. And they said this, First Chronicles 6.20, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? Hosea 11.9, God says, For I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst. And Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Again, in verse 3, he says, you know, a dream comes, for dreams comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by as many words, as many foolish words. 
You know, if we're so focused on this life, we're always worried, aren't we? And when we're always worried, we have the strangest of dreams. And then our minds are just completely scattered. We end up coming to church half hearing the Lord. We can't wait to get out because, you know, it's not bad enough for the amount of hours we slept we gave God control of the world, but the, the hour, hour and a half that we're in here, now we, we a gun, well, I hope he's doing something right with my world. So we can't wait to get out to get control of our world again. We can't wait to get out to, to see others and talk about ourselves or talk about our problems instead of talking about the Lord and the word of the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people, and I'm just, you know, I'm saying this. Actually, somebody said to me, it was very helpful in the last service, so if it's not helpful, sorry. But do you know there are, there are some people in this church that you might consider friends and you wonder why they're avoiding you on Sunday morning? Do you know why? Because they want to talk about the word of the Lord. And maybe you want to talk about everything but. And they, maybe they've just heard from God and they want, to, they want to have a friend where they can say what they heard from God or what did you hear from God or, you know, what's the Lord doing in your life? And people want to, ah, oh, just see the Yankee game. Like, I don't want to talk about the Yankees. You know, text me at four o'clock this afternoon or something. I want, I want to talk about the Lord and, and, and you know what? I applaud that. I applaud that. Or, or some people think because they, they come to church when they're really something else. Like heaven is, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that is really impressive. You know, like the woman I met last summer at one of my neighborhood parties, and she's, she heard that I was a pastor, which always is just the most interesting conversations when that happens. And she says to me, I'm very religious. <laughs> Actually, it went something like this. I'm very religious. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I'm so sorry. I do funerals. I mean, really. It's just, it's just this dead thing. I'm very religious. I was like, am I supposed to be impressed? Keep your finger in Ecclesiastes 5. Turn to Luke 18, page 928. I absolutely love, I love this. Beginning at verse 9. It says, and he, talking about Jesus, spoke this parable to, now he's speaking this to the people, not about them. He's like, oh, no, you heard about these guys over there. He's like, no, this is what you guys are like. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So obviously they're not, right? And despised others, looking down at people like, oh, look at those people. They're not like us. Verse 10, Jesus said, here he tells them the, the story. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. We're supposed to think, hmm, religious guy. And the other a tax collector. We're supposed to think, big sinner, big, big sinner. The Pharisee, verse 11, the religious guy stood and prayed thus with himself. That to me is so funny. I think that's so funny. God's like, hey, angels, come here, check this out. Look at that dude praying to himself. <laughs> He's not talking to me. And this is what he prays to himself. God. I always think those guys talk like that. You know, I don't know why I think that guys in the Middle East talk like they're English Shakespearean actors, but uh, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. That's like the guys on TV. Jesus. I'm like, what are you yelling for, man? It's, he hears you. I thank you I'm not like other men. And we're all like, yeah, we're glad we're not like you either, man. <laughs> and then he, like other men, extortioners, 
unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Basically, I'm glad I'm not like the people who go to Calvary Chapel. Verse 12. If you're offended at that, you're new. Don't worry. You won't be offended at that. Soon you'll be like, yeah, yeah. Because wait do you see what happens after that. But anyway, one more. He goes, I fast twice a week. Oh, impressive. I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, he's supposed to do all that stuff. Not a problem. But, but are you impressed? God's like, look at that fool. Verse 13, and the tax collector, the big sinner, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. The other guy's talking, the tax collector's quiet before God, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Do you hear what Jesus just said? He just told everyone in that room how to get to heaven. He just told them. What you need to do Beat your breast. You need to see who you are compared to God. And you need to cry out to him, God have mercy on me. So when you say to someone, so why do you think you might be going to heaven? They go, I go to church. But if they say, I cried out to God to have mercy on me, you know they're on the right track. Jesus concludes, verse 14, I tell you, this man, this big sinner, went down to his house justified. God has justified him, declared him innocent, rather than the other, rather than the religious guy. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He who says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He or she who says, God, I put my trust in you, will be exalted. So, Be attentive before God. Be quiet before God. And number three, be honest before God. This is actually the tough part, sorry. (laughs) Ushers, please lock the door. It's tough, but it's freeing. Verse four, when you make a vow to God, he says, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Oh, ooh, ah, (laughs) That's blunt. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Don't let your mouth make a vow and then you don't keep it. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Some of your versions say that it was a mistake. What would they would do is they would, um, uh, they would make these vows and pledges to keep the temple running. And, and then the people would come by and say, you know, you didn't pay your vow or your pledge. And then they would go, oh, it was an error. It, it, it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? Obviously, none of us want the work of our hands destroyed. Verse 7, for in the multitude of dreams, in many words, there is also vanity and the conclusion, but fear God. So a vow is what you promise to do. If you're married, you made wedding vows. Uh, If you testify in court, you vow to tell the whole truth. And here he's talking about vows made to God. Now, the truth of the matter is it's easier to make a promise than to keep a promise. But God expects us to keep the vows that we make. And here specifically, he's talking about the vows that were made to him. 
Temple vows were very common. We just talked about it in the Old Testament. Also, a lot of times people would make vows and they say, well, God, if you do such and such, I will do such and such. Now, some of you say, well, you know, Pastor Jim, you, you do too much Old Testament. We're New Testament people. That stuff is gone. Uh, for your homework, we're not going to do it today. I would suggest that you read Acts chapter 5. A couple by the name of Ananias and Sapphira, New Testament, Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, the age of grace. Uh, They had some land and they were going to sell it. And they told everybody at the church, hey, when we sell this land, we're going to give all the money to the work of the Lord. So they sold the land, but they didn't give all the money to the work of the Lord. They decided to hold some back for themselves. And anybody know what happened? God killed them. Everybody's like, God, where's the grace? (laughs) Now, interesting, Peter goes, you know, you didn't have to, you just shouldn't have told us you were going to give us all the money. God would have been fine with you keeping some of it. That would have been fine. See, a lot of times we think that grace is okay. We can do whatever we want because there's grace. Uh, I don't know about you. The more I read the Bible, I think it's it's grace that God doesn't kill us. Uh, but he says here, why should God destroy the work of your hands? You know, sometimes we vow things to God and maybe to get us to keep our vow or to remember it, God frustrates everything we do. Just totally frustrates us. Seems like we can't get anything done. You know, every, every, every time you, you try to start something, it's, you feel like that you know, little kid walking through two feet of snow, like, mommy, mommy, help, help. You know, just, just can't get it done. Or you lay out these great plans and the whole thing just falls apart. And you're like, yeah, it was God. Now you might say, well, I, I'm, I'm in the clear, Pastor Jim. I am exempt because I don't make vows to God. You actually probably do quite a bit. God speaks through his word. You come into church on a Sunday, God speaks through his word you hear it, and you say to God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Or you, God brings something to your mind that he's constantly bringing to your mind that you've got to change, and you think, this is it, God. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do the right thing. And then you don't do it. So let's go through some of them that a lot of us have. We all have them. This is not, I'm not like picking, I'm not thinking of like, oh, you do that, and you do that. I'm just taking inventory of myself. I'll start with the one I'm fairly exempt from. Most of us make vows regarding church attendance. I'm usually here, not always, okay? But we make, we make vows regarding church attendance. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to church more often. I'm going to get off that every third week plan or that every other week plan. Many of us make vows to God regarding money. God, if you give me that new job, that new position, that raise, you know, if you make my investments go up, if you made investments, gosh, six or seven years ago, and you were Rumpelstiltskin and you went to sleep, you made a lot of money, right? Because, because of the bull market that this country is, that our stock market has been in. So we make promises to God regarding money. Some of us, we say, I'm going to join a community group. I'm going to join a community group. I, I know this is what God wants for me, and I'm going to join it, and I'm going to go regularly. But we don't. Sometimes we, we talk about serving. We see other people in the church, and, and uh, you know, we come in, we see people serving throughout the church, uh, you know, guys serving in the parking lot. Uh, after, after the last service, you see people cleaning up, and you think, oh, oh, they have more than enough people than they need. And, and you go up to them and I go, I would serve, I know you got way more people than you need. And they're like, are you kidding? 
Are you kidding? And uh, the more the merrier. And so you, you think, well, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Last week, we talked about being a team player. And so some of us say, you know what, God, last week, God, I'm going to become more of a team player. But, but what's the status of that? Um, Bible reading. How many times have you said, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a more faithful Bible reader? How about getting involved with other people? Messy business people. People are messy, right? You're messy. I'm messy. We're all messy. But we're not doing it. Often I think we have good intentions, but often we do nothing. Or, or what? maybe some of these times you say, Lord, if you do this, such and such, then I will do that. And the Lord does his part. And, and then when it's time for our part, we procrastinate. You know, I, I think of, of times when, when God really blesses us, but there's things that we struggle with. You know, lots of people struggle with addictions. And God's like, you got to do something about that. But God does his part. We, we procrastinate. We go, oh, God, it's an, it's an error. It's a mistake. I spoke too soon. Often we make the mistake of because we felt guilty, we think that we actually fulfilled our vow. It's like I say to you all the time, I have to be careful. Just because I preached doesn't mean I lived it. Again, we come to our, to our songs, right, and our prayers. In, in, you know, in our songs, we often make vows. I don't know if you, you should read the lyrics more carefully, you know. I'm going to live for you, Jesus, you know. <laughs> Just picture Jesus walking up, walking up down the aisle. Really? You? Come on. <laughs> you know, I would go to the end of the earth. And you're like, you know, the, 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 you won't even go help park the cars. You'll go to the end of the earth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You know, we don't do it here, but, but you know, these guys, the temple guys going out collecting the money. A lot of churches, I've heard people say to me, uh, you know, uh, there was a capital campaign. They wanted to build something in the church, and they, but they wanted to make sure that they'd have the money from the people to do it. That's why I just think we should just raise the cash first, because it just saves my soul, right? And so, but, 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 but people make pledges to do stuff or vows to make stuff, and then somebody calls you up and says, hey, you know, you promised you were going to give $50 a month extra to this or something like that. You haven't given the money. And then you're like, well, they only, they only want my money. God's like, no, you made a vow to me. You said you would do that for me. The warning here is don't be impulsive, don't make vows or promises that you can't keep. Be honest before God. And God is so gracious. He says, listen, it's better not to say anything than to say you're going to do something and not do it because before the Holy One, all our excuses sound really lame, don't they? Do you ever do that? Do you ever have an excuse on something and bring your excuse to the foot of the cross? You want to talk about feeling small. Bringing your rationale stuff, your excuses. I do that sometimes and I'm like, oh Lord, I am so sorry. That just sounds so lame. You remember after the Last Supper, they're walking out and Jesus says, you know, all of you are going to be made to stumble for me this night. Peter's like, oh Jesus, <laughs> not me. The Lord's like, you're right. You're going to stumble three times. <laughs> You're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Sorry, Pete. Those who are seasoned Christians know that we come to church to worship the Lord. And we know that we come to hear, O Israel. We come to hear the word of God. Yeah, I, I have my pet peeves. Unfortunately, you have to live with them, some of you. 
But you know, today a lot of people call sermons messages. And I think it's okay to call the messages we do on our website if it's a message from God. But if it's just some guy with his own rambling, just call it messages from an idiot or something like that on your website, really. Other people like to call the, the Sunday sermons conversations. Conversations? Are we going to figure out what God is? I mean, we wrestle with the Word of God, but conversations, some people call them Sunday talks. When's the last time you read the Minor Prophets? I'm reading through them now. I'm taking a break in between each book because I'm shuddering. They're not exactly talks. <laughs> it is passionate, without apology, proclamation of God's Word. See, to me, when we, when, we, when we say those things, I understand there's a contemporary way you want to talk to people, but it lacks the fear of the Lord. Because without the Word of the Lord and the fear of the Lord, our speaking to the Lord lacks the humility of the tax collector we just read about. I mean, we live in an age of entertainment, so churches are now wanting to make church about entertainment. Or a bunch of self-help sermons. That's not the word of the Lord. And then we hear from our friends and neighbors, oh, I work with a guy who says he's a Christian, but man, he's no different than anybody else. Actually, he's the worst guy in my office. I can almost tell you where he goes to church. (laughs) Entertainment. Self-help. Psalm 89, verse 6 and 7, gives us the vision of the Lord that I think we're to have. He says, the psalmist says, For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, that's the people of God, and to be held in reverence by all those around him. So as we wind this down, let me ask you to search your heart. This this passage has searched my heart so heavily this week. I was actually... um, Upset about the Hillary Clinton traffic yesterday, not because I was sitting in it, but because it left me alone with my thoughts on this passage. Did you come in here today with reverence for God? I'm not saying you came in all prune-faced, but did you come in with reverence for God? Did you sing with reverence? Did you listen attentively as God addressed his people? And if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what the Lord wants for his people. He wants us to come with reverence, with an expectation and awe, with thanksgiving and praise. Did you come today for what you could get from God? Maybe you came just because you felt guilty. Ah, I didn't go last week. I got to go this week. Or is this just your routine? Or did you come like Moses, stepping onto holy ground, Shoes off and mouth shut because God was there. I met him. I heard from him. There's not much to say. Probably not for most of us, but there's hope for us. The hope for the follower of Jesus is the same hope for you if you're not a follower of Jesus. If we've seen our sin before God today, like the tax collector, we quiet our heart. We cast ourselves on the mercy of God. We see our sin, and we look on the cross, and we see Jesus dying for it. Remember, Jesus is the only one who never sinned this way. Imagine that. 
Jesus going to the synagogue, listening to some hack teach the Bible. Jesus is like, that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. Yep, no good, no good. But still reverencing the reading of God's word, paying attention. And Jesus kept his vows to God even to die for you and me. And now he invites us all to make a vow to put our trust in him instead of ourselves. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD copy of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.